You have just entered the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast with Ralph Vieira, also known as Dr. Fuck, Ian Wiley, the Ayatollah of Alcohola, and Terrence Reedon, the Rock Sponge. Now spread those ear holes and let them turn your brain to mush. This is the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast. Welcome, my friends. I am Karen. Just kidding. It's me, Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die, and I'm very, very excited because I was born on the cemetery under the sign of the moon, raised from the grave by the dead. And also raised at that same cemetery. I got Ian and Terrence. How you doing, guys? Killer, my friend. I'm drunk as a motherfucker, and I have no idea what you're talking about. This is going to be fun. All right, cool. So now, everybody, uh, this episode, I'm going to invite you all to come to the Sabbath, because we are going to talk about, in my opinion, the greatest heavy metal band to come out of the 80s. I am talking about Merciful Fate on an amazing, amazing band. Uh, I, I'm just gonna start off how I discovered Merciful Fate, which was a pretty uh, weird story, which was way back in 1983, uh, or was it 84? I'm, I, you know, if you remember the 80s that well, you weren't there. So I know it was either 83 or 84. I used to go hang out with this band called Iron Cross, who had a turntable that was connected to their amplifiers. Their, Marshall stacks and stuff and uh, one day the bass player walked in with the EP the Merciful Fate infamous Nuns Have No Fun EP and you gotta remember back in 83 this was beyond taboo especially a naked girl on the cover it's like what the hell is this and then I turn it around I see that picture of King Diamond and white face and an upside down cross that early makeup carnation that he had and I was like, dude, what the fuck is this? So then he put it on, and the first song I heard was Corpse Without a Soul. And it, as you all know, how that song starts was the most insane thing I ever heard in my life up to that point. It just starts with insane guitar, and just, and then to make it even crazier, King Diamond's voice comes in, and I'm like, holy fuck, this is like, this is not, this is not from this earth. You know, this is from hell. And then all of this guy was saying all through the album is Satan, Satan, everywhere, Satan, evil. And I was like, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. It was like an awakening. I'm not that I'm a devil worshiper, but it was just so taboo and kick ass that, you know, already by that time I was into taboo porn. So this was taboo music. And I was like, oh, man, I'm sold. And uh, I went out and bought that EP, which I still own to this day goes for a pretty penny because I have the original pressing and uh, soon after Melissa came out and I could not stop with this band and then the same thing when Melissa and Don't Break the Oath came out we took it back to that uh, same uh, uh, rehearsal space and played it on that turntable with the Marshall Amps Um, Merciful Fate to me I mean looking back now it's amazing that King Diamond even has a name because I always thought back then Merciful Fate ain't going to go nowhere because it was just so 
over the top and fucked up that there's no way any type of mainstream would embrace this. But King Diamond is popular now. Look, he's playing Atlanta and he's just sold out the show. So I love Merciful Fate. I was bummed when they broke up. I dig Merciful. I dig the King Diamond solo stuff. Uh, Fatal Portrait was supposed to be the next Merciful Fate album. Maybe that's why that's my favorite King Diamond solo album. Uh, All Hail Merciful Fate. To me, with Kim Ruzz, they did no wrong. They have two albums and a half worth of stuff, plus a full album of early demos and stuff from Return of the Vampire. And uh, every single release, there's not one song I don't absolutely love. With Kim Ruzz, they did no wrong. And that's what I have to say about my favorite metal band from the 80s, <coughs> Merciful Fate. So, uh, what do you guys think? All right. Uh, I was I was a latecomer to Merciful Fate. Uh, my first exposure was King Diamond. Uh, right around the time Abigail came out, I was just I was progressing in my my metal, and I want anything that was fucking evil and satanic. I wanted to get my hands on. And I remember I bought King Diamond, Abigail, and uh, Slayer, Rain and Blood on the same day. And I thought they both sounded like absolute horse shit. My dad walked by while, while I was listening to Abigail. He walked by my room. He looked at me. He goes, is that a fucking canary? He's like, what the fuck is that shit? And, and to tell you the truth, I kind of agreed with him because I did not fucking get it. I was like... Uh, you know, I wanted something evil, something that was scary, but that voice, I was like, what in the fuck is this? And I, I, I totally gave up on it, ignored it. But as I kept listening to metal, you know, a lot of people were excited. They loved King Diamond, loved Merciful Fate. So I decided to give it another chance. And uh, King Diamond's voice, all of a sudden, it didn't bother me as much. I mean, there, there's certain bands I have to be in the mood for. And King Diamond is definitely one of them. You know, it's it's right there with like, uh, you know, Grateful Dead. You know, I'm not a deadhead, but sometimes when I want to hear it, I want to hear it. The same way with King Diamond. Sometimes his voice is great, and I get it, and sometimes I don't. But then I went back and I was like, well, now that I'm into King Diamond, I got to go back and hear this Merciful Fate. And when I did, I was so happy and so surprised because the music was so fucking strong. And, uh, you know, I'll get in my reviews of the album, but definitely, you know, if we we're going to pick eras with King Diamond, I'm definitely going Merciful Fate. What do you think, Terrence? Merciful Fate, I was a latecomer into as well. It was when I was 17 that I first became aware of them because an ex-buddy of mine worshipped King Diamond. I mean, he basically did everything but jerk off about King Diamond, literally. He was the biggest King Diamond nut in the world, Merciful Fate fan as well, so I heard bits and pieces but i you know being distracted with you know maiden and kiss and things because i was upgrading the cd cans i really didn't delve into it too much but then i was hearing from people oh they're evil oh they're satanic who gives a fuck once i finally listened to the albums per se once ralph did his reviews on merciful fate thank you ralph dr fuck um i once i heard the reviews i went off and bought my initial copies of the CD of the EP and Melissa repackage, which I unfortunately lost a few months ago while cleaning my room like a complete fool. I had to rebuy it on CD now, but 
what I've heard so far, I like. And, um, and Ian sent me Don't Break the Oath, and I like that album as well. And I think let's just get on with the EP, shall we? Okay, well, uh, I want to say, I want to also bring up something else. Um, I did an EP of a Merciful Fate tribute, which is called uh, Shameless Plug. Yeah, I'm going to be playing some of that music tonight in the review, so some of you can hear it. Um, it's called uh, Lucifer Krem Etaf, which is Merciful Fate backwards. And the name of the album is Don't Fuck with the Oath, where it's act actually it's the album cover of Don't Break the Oath, but instead of the devil pointing, it's the devil giving you the middle finger. And um, yeah, one side is my uh, somebody I know called Holy George. And the other side is me, Dr. Fuck. So it's like side holy and side fuck. So, you know, everybody wanted me to be on side one, my songs, but I didn't want to because I like that whole holy fuck thing. So I took side two. And I will, uh, I am going to play something now from that because uh, before we started this song, I had a little conference with Ian and Terrence here and they are not too familiar with uh, the return of the vampire so we won't be talking about that but i will uh, i'll give a quick summary return of the vampire was released in 1992 and which is uh, a bunch of songs that were recorded before the ep and there's a lot of songs that later on they use bits and pieces for other songs and early versions of come to the sabbath and uh corpse without a soul and uh uh you asked for it, which later became Black Masses. Uh, Burning the Cross is, you know, it's a song that leads us off. It's a long, epic song with crazy uh, guitars and uh, just awesome shit with King Diamond saying, raping religion, burning the cross. It's crazy stuff. Uh, Curse of the Pharaohs, we all know, early version. Return of the Vampire, an early version, which was later released on the, as a bonus track on the In the Shadows album with Lars Ulrich playing drums. Uh, on it, and then uh, did it sound like a trash can? No, actually, uh, Lars actually sounded good on it. Lars, oh. Lars gave it justice. Um, on the night of the full moon, which I believe, geez, is that the one that later was Desecration of Soul? I, I think I believe so. Uh, Corpse Without a Soul, we all know. Death Kiss, which I believe later became Dangerous Meeting. Uh, Mission Destroy Aliens, which is like one of my favorite songs on here. Very straight ahead. A rocker, actually, it's called MDA. And then you asked for it. And the song that I did leave out is the song I'm about to play. Uh, this song is called Leave My Soul Alone. And this is the first song you hear on my EP when you when you flip on side two. This is yours truly with members of Hell Witch, Thrasher Die, and Murder Suicide all getting together. And this is me screaming my ass off, doing my best to keep up with King Diamond. I think I did pretty damn good. All one take. This is Leave My Soul Alone by Lucifer Krim Etaf.
right, so that was Leave My Soul Alone from me and Lucifer Cram Etaf, where I only made 250 vinyls of this. If you want to get yours, uh, you can go to the Thrasher Dive Facebook page on our merch shop or send me an email on the Thrasher Dive thing if you can't find a merch shop because it seems like a lot of people can't find our merch shop when they go on the Thrasher Dive page. I mean, it's right there. So, you know, send me a message and I'll send you a link. And, uh, hey, they're selling, so I don't have many left. So if you want your copy, and uh, there's two more songs that I do on here that I will play uh, as we get into the, as we talk about the songs. And uh, I'm going to start off with um, the EP, the infamous, what the fans called Nuns Have No Fun EP. Again, like I said earlier, the first time I heard it, Corpse Without a Soul blew my mind. This is four songs of just epic epicness. Corpse Without a Soul. Nuns Have No Fun. Doomed by the Living Dead. And Devil's Eyes. Now, uh, like I was talking about my EP before, we recorded every song on here except for Corpse Without a Soul. Um, I love every song on here. I would have to say my favorite song on here is the one I recorded, Doomed by the Living Dead, which I will play after Terrence and uh, Ian talk about what they think about this EP. All I can say is this EP's got it. It grabbed me by the balls. I know a lot of people, King Diamond's an acquired taste, but I don't know, man. I'm just so warped and fucked up in my head because I was molested by a 36-year-old woman when I was 13 years old that I got it. I got it right away that uh, King Diamond it was like, oh, fuck yes. You are so godly. And, and I also want to add that King Diamond is the number one person I would love to meet in the whole uh, music industry. I never met him before. I met Hank Sherman and Andy LaRoe, but I never met King Diamond. I understand he's a germaphobe, so if you ever do meet him, don't shake his hand. And um, I, I'm dying to meet him. And I may be going to Texas to go see him soon. Uh, what can I say? The EP is godly. Ravon Records, I own it. You can get it on eBay. There's a lot of different variation versions. My, my friend just bought a, I believe it's a red vinyl version. But, you know, they're all bootlegs. But you know what? I went to his house and he put it on and it sounded damn good. So I highly recommend if you guys want it on vinyl, fuck it. Okay, maybe you ain't as cool as me because you don't have the original one if you don't own it yet. Oh, go get yourself a repress. They sound good as well. Um, all right, Ian, what do you think of the EP? Um, I love the EP. It is my favorite Merciful Fate release, uh, even though there's some trepidation because uh, my band Blood Sausage released an album called Priest Eat Meat, even on Fridays. And and I thought Nuns Have No Fun was a ripoff of that. But uh, this, this EP kicks off with Corpus Without a Soul is fucking amazing. The riffs on this song are incredible. Uh, I don't think this band gets enough credit uh, musically because it is just so amazing. I think the vocals turn a lot of people <laughs> off and they they overlook the great musicianship. And it's so like Priest meets Maiden but to the extreme. Uh, a, a great fucking song though. Fucking Corpse Without a Soul. Amazing. Terrence, what do you think? I love Corpse Without a Soul. I concur with you two uh, scurvy bastards. Corpse Without a Soul just fucking rocks. When I first heard this, you know, the vocals of the song, I was like, 
holy shit, this guy wants to go to hell. When he gets to hell, he's not going to be given... He's not going to have to wait. They're going to give him the royal treatment, the VIP pass, because to me, he is the real deal when it comes about singing about Satan and devils and things. He is just amazing. And then when, you, and then when I first heard the song, after watching Ralph's review, um, when you got to the end and to hit that high shriek, I was like blown away with that final toll where he goes from one octave to um, where his voice actually cracks and I'm like fucking A. The song fucking A kicks ass. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That that uh I think was just the highest note ever. It, I don't think it was intended to be that way. I mean his voice cracked and went higher as it was cracking. Wow, that was just mind blowing that Satan has taken his just amazing, amazing stuff. And uh, uh, I don't know if people are aware of this, but man, there's actually a pro shot video of this era pre-Melissa of a full show of uh, Merciful Fate doing this full EP plus, you know, uh, embryonic versions of uh, songs that came from the later stuff. What it, a it, was at, song. it was at a BFW in Copenhagen. <laughs> Very what? funny. It was at a BFW in Copenhagen. I, you know what? I never went to college. What does VFW mean? Veterans of uh, Foreign Wars. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah. Um, what a song. What a great, great song. Um, the next song on here, I'm not. I'm going by the EP version because it was re- later released <clears throat> as... Uh, the beginning. The, in the beginning, which had Doom by the Living Dead open it, but not the original version. It opens with Corpse Without a Soul. And the next track is Nuns Have No Fun, which was the one song, because I knew a couple of chicks from the 80s that didn't like Merciful Fate, but they liked this song for some reason, because it is a little more catchier. King Diamond doesn't really go that crazy and vocally, but it is an awesome, awesome song. He's talking about getting getting a hard-on for a nun. You know, I get it up in the dark. I'll make you feel I'm not a holy man. You know, and and you know he didn't know English that well, because he says stuff like, Faster breathing, she's like a shark. So, uh, what do you think, Ian? Uh, I love the, the great riffs on this song, and I, I do love <clears> that that King Diamond sings in a lower register. Uh, I, th- I think it does help the song. Uh, just killer riffs. I, I, I've heard a couple versions of the song. I'll tell you this: it, it, it's way better than the Doctor Fuck version. Um, but uh, they're both good. But uh, I, I do love this song. Uh, it's probably my fourth favorite out of the four songs on here. <clears throat> but uh, great fucking song. And once again, I, I can't underestimate how much, to me, Merciful Fate is all about Hank Sherman and Mike Denner. Uh, I really think they make this band even more than King Diamond. And uh, they just shine on this song. What do you think, Terrence? Nuns have no fun. I fucking love the song. I think it's hilarious. And it's the first about raping a nun. I mean, you know, I'm a Catholic and things, but I'm not a, you know, I, although I disdain religion, I am a Catholic, but I find the humor in the song. I don't take the lyrics too overtly seriously. I think the song is hilarious. And then he calls the nun a C-U-N-T. Pure frigging gold as far as I'm concerned. And... You're right about Denner and Sherman. Those guys are the unsung heroes of the band, as well as Kim Draws' drumming. Just fucking, 
insane on this track. What else can I say about Nuns of No Fun? But you two nailed it. And Tim, Timmy Hansen, let's not forget the amazing bass player. I think everybody oh, uh, in this band gels. Where you take one component out and it's not the same thing because In the Shadows being the amazing album it is, Snowy Shaw is too perfect. He's too great. But it's missing that magic that only the five original Merciful Fate members can do. And with Kim Ruzz, I felt that they were much more special, much more organic. And I just love, you know, the realness, the genuineness of uh, Merciful Fate. And yes, this song spells out cunt. I mean, what the fuck? In 1982, 83, it was like, whoa! It's bad enough he's thinking about Satan every second and raping a nun, but then he throws cunt into this whole thing. I'm like, fucking A. This is like, it's just, this world is so fucked up now that we don't see nothing special in if, if a guy releases a song called Cunt today. It's, you know, it's kind of like we're desensitized, but back then it was so fucking special. Anyway, and this song is very fucking special. I mean, Ian's uh, fourth favorite off the album, which is his way of saying that this song sucks. It's not as good <laughs> as the other three. Here is me, once again, doing Nuns Have No Fun. Love 
next one is doom of the living dead and this song is just fucking smoking excellent superb epic masterpiece and king diamond's singing style i know a lot of people say why the hell is he singing like a fucking girl all the time shut the fuck up the guy's got a unique singing voice i mean he just uses it in so many different odd ways i mean it's like a to me his singing voice is like when he sings on the low registers like Alice Cooper snarl, and then when he does the high thing, it reminds me of Rob Halford, all thrown into a blender at high speed, and you get King Diamond, and the musicianship on the song just fucking rocks. What do you think about uh, Doom of the Living Dead, Ralph? Oh, Doom by the Living Dead was well, by the Living Dead, by the way, Tom. Sorry. Uh, when I first saw Merciful Fate, because I saw King Diamond three times, I think, prior to this, on the Abigail tour and them. Oh, that's it. I only saw him on those two tours prior to In the Shadows. And uh, when Merciful Fate got back together, I mean, it was like, oh my God. And then I, when that show happened in Fort Lauderdale, I went all the way up front, dead center, against the fucking railing, ran in there early just to be dead center front for uh, Merciful Fate. And I'm there, Flotsam and Jetsam opened up. They were awesome, like always. And before Merciful Fate came out, like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, this girl comes up to me. Hot chick, too. Beautiful girl. And she's like, oh, King Diamond is, like, my favorite. Can I please get your spot? And I was like, you know what? Out of everybody here, I am the last person you should ask that to. And she got all mad at me, but I was like, no way, man. I don't care how hot you are. This is, like, Merciful Fate, man. This is a dream come true. I'm about to see my favorite band from the 80s minus Kim Ruz but eh. oh and also minus Timmy Hansen because he didn't do the tour either uh, and that show uh, was filmed and you can see some of that show on their promotional video for the Bell Witch all the indoor footage of the Bell Witch is from that Fort Lauderdale show and it was like in my top five shows of all time it was it definitely it's my top five. Um, I wish I can show footage on here because there is a part where, you know, I'm singing every single word to every single song. And when they were playing Gypsy, I was singing and King Diamond was looking right at me, singing it with me. And then he just points at me and he goes, you better believe it. <laughs> and it was just, wow, man. <laughs> it, was, it was fucking crazy, you know. And he fucked with me during Dangerous Meeting as well. What a great, great night that was. And the reason I bring all this up, because when they came out on stage, they opened with Doom by the Living Dead. And he had these two big screens on the stage on each side and had the, the EP cover, the, the nun, like, on the cross. Oh, oh, my God. Talk about a religious experience, even though I'm not satanic or, or whatever. Uh, but it was mind-blowing that they opened the show with this. Uh, Ian, what do you think of Doom by Living Dead? 
Uh, it is my favorite song on the album. And uh, I, 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 I know what you mean because um, I was I was the same way. I was at a Christopher Cross concert, front row, and when he did when he did the thing from Arthur, you know, he looked at me. He's like, he's like, when you get caught between the moon, I was like, in New York City, you know. So we, you know, we were in sync. So I know I know what you're feeling there. Uh, definitely my favorite song on the fucking EP. This song just fucking rocks. I mean, this. Everything falls into place. Fucking King's vocals, uh, the guitars, the bass, the drums, everything. This is an epic fucking metal track. Probably one of my favorite fucking... It, it, it's not my favorite, but it's in the top fucking five by, sure, you know, for sure, uh, Merciful Fate songs. I love Doom by the Living Dead. Uh, what do you think, Terrence? I already did my uh, view on Doom by the Living Dead. Yeah, well, that shows how much I listen to you. Uh, uh, you start the next right. track, you bastard. Hey, we'll just say goodbye to all you fucking angels. Oh! All right, hey, before we go into the next track, I also did this one. This is my final song from the EP. I also did Doom by Living Dead. Check it out.
Father's Doom by a Living Dead by me, motherfucker, off the limited edition Lucifer Krim Ataf EP. And uh, go out and get it, man. Only 250 vinyls were made. So uh, get it or just just end up with a sucky existence. All right, so the next uh, song is The Groovy Devil's Eyes, which I freaking love. Uh, the bass almost has a disco feel to it, believe it or not. That, that bass and the, and the drums, which again, you know, look at this is rhythm section, to me, sells the song. But then you have, like, this guitar playing. Now, the thing I find the most special thing about Merciful Fate out of any band ever is that this is a band that will do 100 million riffs in one song, 20 million changes that are different from the previous change, but for some way, it's like it still fits. It still makes sense how they change into like something so different than what they were just doing. But just yet, like just like Dark Angel. Well, you, hey, look, Dark Angel, a whole different subject. If you ask me, Darkness Ascend is my favorite thrash album of all time. And I have nothing bad to say about Dark Angel, but Merciful Fate was a little more special when it came to these crazy changes that were like, I don't know, man. It was just so in the pocket, and that's why I love this band so much. They just went everywhere, and that's, you know, part of my goal in my band Thrash or Die is like, uh, for the next album, I wrote a song called Faust, where I want to do a Merciful Fate thing, and it's been really hard. It's so complicated to write music that changes, but yet still makes sense, but I will do it because uh, soon I, I'm going to look into where I can find a big-ass pentagram and light some black candles and, and call the Dark Lord to help me out on that one. Um, <laughs> Anything I can do. You know? No, I don't want your, your help. Dude. You're going to... Uh, okay, you're, bye. Yeah, no, you're going to fuck it all up. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're a drunk. Uh, so, Devil's Eyes. Oh, yeah, I love Devil's Eyes. Awesome. I'll take you to hell. You're inside my spell and Lucifer's mirror where I'm still the killer. Fucking yeah. Yeah, a little immature. A little immature. Well, fuck you. Fuck you for not having a fucking sense of humor. This is music, not fucking rocket science, you fucking idiots. So what do you think, Ian? Uh, my second favorite track off the album. I love Devil's Eyes. Um... And one of my favorite parts is when you start hearing the guitar harmonies, it's almost reminiscent, uh, as, as strange as it sounds, like Thin Lizzy. Um, almost when they start playing the fucking harmonies together. Totally. This, this is Absolutely. a great, great fucking track. Uh, and this is probably why this is my favorite release by Merciful Fate, because it, it's like four songs and just bam, 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 whip your fucking ass, and then you're out. It's got a great fucking cover. Even though it rips off my my EP, you know, Priest Eat Meat even on Fridays. Uh, <laughs> it, it fucking fantastic, great fucking song. Uh, totally sums up Merciful Fate to me. I love Devil's Eyes. My favorite fucking release is the first EP. Terrence, what do you think? Devil's Eyes, I have to concur with you two bastards. That song just fucking rules. The fucking singing, the musicianship, the harmony leads... What else is to be said about Devil's Eyes but a fucking killer song? And I, especially the octave leaps in the chorus where he's singing Devil's Eyes. I can't get my voice that high because my voice is uh, deepened over the years. But 
if I was seeing it as a 17-year-old in 1993, I could have done it with these, but now puberty ravaged my voice to the breaking point where I only have like an octave range. But uh, Devil's Eyes, you two bastards nailed it. I fucking love the song. And that's all I got to say about that. All right, so that concludes the EP. Uh, okay, so we're going to go into uh, what I consider the best release. But, you know, I mean, I really think it's a three-way tie. But, yeah, if I was to say, if they were to tell me, look, you either suck this big veiny cock or, or, or like, choose one album, I'm going to have to go with uh, choosing an album, uh, no matter what Ian, his, his fantasy is about me. I will say uh, Melissa is my uh, probably the best thing they released. Uh, and I remember the first time I heard it, I said earlier, was at this rehearsal place. Heard it on a, coming blaring out of Marshall Amp. But I remember the second time I heard it was uh, there was a guy that I grew up with in the 70s. We were both little Kiss fans. And then we both started uh, discovering metal together like uh, Manowar and uh, Raven and you know, the Metal Massacre album we had back then. I mean, we were just looking for the heaviest metal. And I remember taking Melissa to his house saying, dude, I've, you got to hear this fucking band. So we put on Melissa, and the first thing that he heard was King Diamond saying, I was born on the cemetery under the sign of the moon, and this guy just didn't get it. This is when I knew I can no longer be friends with this guy, because that's how you are when you're young, you know? And, uh, and yeah, soon after he got into Bon Jovi, so yeah, we had no nothing in common anymore. But, uh, yeah, it was like Merciful Fate really separated me, took me to the next level of being a metalhead because soon after Merciful Fate, I discovered Venom and uh, then the Thrash Explosion and uh, Celtic Frost and stuff like that. Uh, that's the route I took where my other friends went... Uh, you know, the more glammy Bon Jovi route. Where I like some of that stuff, but I, I, I worship the heavier stuff. I, I just kept on the heavy road. And uh, Melissa, Evil, the opening track, is probably my favorite song of every Merciful Fate song. Uh, what, a, what an epic, epic song. And the changes it does. And then at the very end, where the double bass is just, and that solo is so fucking crazy. Uh, what can I say? Evil fucking rules. What do you guys think? Evil is just an incredible tune. Um, it just kicks ass, and Ralph pretty much nailed it. And um, what else can I say about Evil? But it's a killer song, and I have to concur with uh, Ralph's pick as favorite on the album, although another song sort of rivals it as my favorite. Now your turn, Ian. Okay, uh, to agree with Ralph, yeah. Melissa does remind me of a big veiny dick because the big veiny dick was banging his mother while I was in the waiting room listening to Melissa. Uh, and this song was playing. I love, love evil. Uh, the thing that really sets it off for me is the production. The, the production on Melissa and Don't Break the Oath is by... Uh, I'm, I'm no fucking Swede, but it's like... Hendrix, Hendrix Lunk or Lunk or some shit like that. I don't give a fuck how you pronounce his name, but the production on the two full-length studio albums in the 80s, Merciful Fate, was fucking incredible. Uh, the guitar sound on Evil is amazing. And 
I think the only reason I think that Merciful Fate's not bigger than what it was is because of King Diamond. As much as he's responsible for their popularity, I think he's also responsible for why they weren't bigger than they were. Because musically, this is some incredible fucking Iron Maiden meets Judas Priest. You know, the best the best of both of those bands, and then you speed it up a little bit, is impeccable. But I know so many people that cannot get past King Diamond's vocals. And, it, you know, it's not the lyrical content. It's just straight up like they don't like his voice. But the sound on, the, on these two albums, you cannot fucking deny. They are amazing. Amazing European heavy metal, very groundbreaking. Uh, would show a lot of what's to come in, in terms of, of of speed metal and thrash, and and just and, and true metal, you know. Overall, uh, I I love Evil. It is a great fucking track, uh, and that leads into Curse of the Pharaohs. Who is going to take Curse of the Pharaohs? You better start Ian. All right, all right. You want me to take it? I will take Curse of the Pharaohs is my favorite fucking Merciful Fate song of all time. I love this song. The fucking riff on this song, fucking King Diamond's vocals. This is a bad mama jamma. This shit is awesome. I love Curse of the Pharaohs. Uh, Musically, lyrically, it's just awesome fucking metal. Takes you somewhere different. Uh, man, not a bad word to fucking say. My favorite uh, Merciful Fate song of all time, Curse of the Pharaohs. What do you think, Ralph? Okay, like I said earlier, Merciful Fate did no wrong. There's not one song I can say anything negative about. What about comes... Hot Dog? No, no. <laughs> not, it's not, hot Dog's awesome. Um, okay. But there's Under not... the Roses, too. There's not one song I can say anything negative about. Uh, when it comes to early Merciful Fate, except for Curse of the Pharaohs. Oh, oh, oh. I get that. I, I get that's an inside joke because I like it. No, you're wrong. And I'm being really honest with you with this. I have nothing against Curse of the Pharaohs. I actually love the song. Don't mean to bash it, but of every Merciful Fate song from the 80s, there's something about Curse of the Pharaohs that did not age as kick-ass as the rest of the stuff, but... Uh, I'll still listen to it and still love it. Uh, Terrence, what do you think? Uh, Curse of the Pharaohs. What else can I say? Classic song from a classic album. Not much more to say about Curse of the Pharaohs, but great song, and I like it. I dig it. I would like to also add that on uh, Don't Break the Oath, there's a song called Gypsy that really has that that Egyptian-type feel to it. That Mm -hmm. Man, maybe Curse of the Pharaohs would have fit that better. Uh, that type of music because even though Gypsy's not really about Egyptian times or anything but the music is very Egyptian like I just like to throw that in and then we go into into the Coven which oh my lord do I love this one uh, this <laughs> this is the one uh, where he says now crush it crush the cross what a great great little line uh, again you know I'm not a satanic guy I'm not anti-religion I don't really care about any of that but man it's just that forbidden fruit always tastes sweeter and merciful fate has it's all full of forbidden fruits all over the goddamn place terrence what do you think of into the cold 
Into the Coven, I think, is an excellent song. It begins with uh, acoustic guitars and a little cheery sort of upbeat. Da, 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 da. Just when you think it was going to go and stay that way, it then goes into evil territory and crushing of the cross. <laughs> I'm a Catholic, but I think those lyrics are fucking hilarious. I don't take the lyrics too seriously because I was brought up and raised properly. Only someone who's already screwed up by his parents are going to take the lyrics enough to do literal damage. But I think um, Into the Coven rocks. Ian, what do you think? Well, as somebody screwed up by their parents, uh, I love it. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, this actually makes me happy because I, I can't stand this song. I, I think it's filler. Uh, that, that intro, I thought it was fucking Stonehenge by fucking uh, Spinal Tap. <laughs> I, I, I heard I was expecting the midget to dance around the little fucking model. Uh, this this one just didn't really do anything for me. I haven't listened to it. I'm like, did I miss something? I'm like, nah. Yeah, nah, this this is fucking filler. Wait, wait, uh, Ian, Ian, let me stop it for a second. I don't know. I think my headphones were giving out. Did you just say the song was filler? Yeah, this is my least favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Bye. <laughs> all right. So uh, I'll go into the next one. I guess I'm starting all these damn songs, right? Uh, damn. What is the next one? At the, the sound, sound of, of the, the demon, demon bell. bell. Okay. All right. Here. Now this one's a unique one, actually. To tell you the truth, when I first bought Melissa, uh, this one kind of threw me off guard. I was like, "What?" You know, the the opening. On Halloween, I didn't get it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. This was the one song that I was like, eh, I'm not too crazy about this one. Let's let's flip the album over because this was the last song on side one. But uh, now I love it. You know, it's a grower. Just like uh, there's a couple songs on Don't Break the Oath I can say the same thing about that I love now. But at, the first time I heard it, I was like, eh, I don't know about this, you know, but... Uh, at the Sound of Demon Bell is a freaking classic. I love it. But yeah, King Diamond, you know, he really did throw, throw me off guard with the opening lines of the, each verse. Uh, Ian, let's go. Let's throw, let's throw it to you this time. What do you think of this song? I like this one. I think it's a solid track. Uh, oh, so you like it more than Into the Coven? Oh, hell, I like everything better than that fucking Spinal Tap shit. <laughs> All, right, All right, laugh it up, Fuzzball. Uh, I, I think it's great. Uh, it's not, not a standout track, but it's definitely, you know, it, it rocks. That's about all I got about that one. What do you think, Terrence? At the sound of the demon bell, I think is a killer track, to be perfectly honest with you. I think this song, I think Into the Coven is better than the song, but I still like At the Sound of the Demon Bell. Oh, of course you do. Anything Ralph says. That's, I think that's how you got the name The Rock Sponge. You just soak up whatever the fuck Ralph says, and then you Piss off. Piss off. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, well, then I'll, I'll go to the next one. Uh, uh, Black Funeral. N another one. Uh, not nothing stands out here this is another one you, you can take this this is why i like the ep because ep you know just four bam 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 this way more filler on melissa if you ask me uh just it, it's not a memorable track you know i don't have anything I, I don't hate it but it just like it's wallpaper you know doesn't stand out but i'm sure 
I'm sure. Ooh, ooh, this is what I, I'd like to hear what Terrence says before Ralph goes. So, Terrence, what do you think about Black Funeral? Black Funeral. Short sign, excellent sign, to the point. Excellent. Ralph, now your turn. I fucking love Black Funeral. Of course you it do. Is, it is Shut like up. the anthem on this album. Uh, <laughs> you know, all hail Satan. Yes, hail Satan. And it's a fan favorite. It's a song they always play live. Ian, you are such a dumb, ignorant slut. And let me tell you something. This song is always played live. It's worshipped by everybody. And it was even, I believe, the single of this album. And all it's just, oh my God, it's just the perfect Merciful Fate anthem. Uh, if any song was to represent what Merciful Fate's all about, this short two minutes plus song embodies everything that was so amazing about Merciful Fate. And it also embodies everything that's wrong with you, Ian. You got that right. I'll introduce the next song, Satan's Fall. This 10 plus minute epic has so many twists and turns since I'm a fan of Prague. The song is right up my alley because it goes from one thing to the next to the next. And my favorite section is the sort of ending part. The the other side. You know that section. That song, fucking Satan's Fall, is my favorite on Melissa and... I love this piece, and I just think it's a freaking killer epic. What do you think of Satan's Fall, Ralph? Okay, this song is a freaking masterpiece. It must be. It is the Merciful Fate masterpiece. It's so long, and it's so all over the place that it's like metal, doomy, eerie, and even a little part that reminds me of 50s music, where it's like, you know, when it gets all mellow, and then it goes into craziness, and then it has like, the crazy lyrics like bring me the blood of the newborn child and another my favorite lyric on the whole on the whole song is where he goes seven holy hell preachers don't you even try uh, i hate this because i gotta agree with you oh uh yeah no this this is a great fucking song and i do love the changes i was listening to it, i was doing stuff around the house i had it blaring and i went and checked to see if the fucking if it was a different song because <laughs> I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. All over the place, but I love it. Now, this to me, I'd consider this a lot more representative of Merciful Fate than Black Funeral, but that's just me. That that did nothing for me. Whereas this, 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 this is epic, uh, you know, almost like a Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner type, you know, track. Uh, it's it's long, but it's deservingly long. You know, it ke- keeps going good places. It's not just long, you know, for no fucking reason, like modern uh, Iron Maiden. Melissa ends the original album, the title track, and I think it's an excellent piece. Has like the previous song, it changes somewhat, you know, to from acoustic to electric, back again, and King using his vocal capabilities to all the lengths of possibilities. And what else can I say about this title suite? But great song, Ian. Your turn. I think it's a good slow rocker. I, I uh, it's different. Uh... Totally, it fits the mood of the album. Uh, I, I wish so, it, there was more like this one. I, I think it's different and it stands out. Uh, great, great song, and uh, I'm sure Ralph probably won't like it because I like it. But what do you think? No, unfortunately, I do like it, and it's uh, part. <laughs> it's the first part of a trilogy of uh, Melissa, I believe, or maybe there is more than three songs about it. But 
this is part one. Part two is come to the Sabbath, where he mentions the killing the priest that killed Melissa, and in the shadows has a song called "Is That You, Melissa." Now, maybe after that, in the following albums, they touched upon this story, but I'm not sure. Uh, very mellow song. Yeah, it starts with uh, King Diamond talking about, you know, looking at Satan's cross upon the wall and that he's in love with a witch called Melissa that was burned at the stake by a priest. Uh, very heartfelt song for King Diamond. And uh, an, an awesome, awesome song. Uh, and here's something very odd about this song. Uh, on the reissue of Melissa, uh, there's the little middle section where you hear King Diamond singing that's not on the original version. And it's very odd because King Diamond said in an interview I read on, on a magazine that he did not do that. You know, I mean, he never, he doesn't remember ever singing that and that somehow on the master's tape, you know, it's, it's pretty much him going, oh, Melissa... Ooh, like during a solo part. And I was like, I remember hearing the master uh, remaster. I was like, what the hell's that? And then, yeah, they asked King Diamond about it. And he said he had nothing to do with that and that he never sang that part. And he doesn't know how that appeared on the remaster. Now, you know, he could be full of shit, but I, I, I like to believe he's not because I, I, I'm like one of those dopey guys that want to believe in the unknown. Yet I don't believe in UFOs. Go figure. <laughs> so that ends uh, Melissa and let's just uh, keep plowing into the next uh, masterpiece which is Don't Break the Oath which again not, released in 1984 uh, a monster monster album that boy the first time I put this fucker on and the opening track Dangerous Meeting I was like oh my god this you know this I, like I said earlier Satan's Fall is my favorite Merciful Fate song, but damn, man, maybe it's this one. Maybe it's Dangerous Meeting. I just, everything about Dangerous Meeting is awesome. It's very heavy. I love the little break where he goes, they're gonna get themselves killed. Uh, Dangerous Meeting, what a great song about uh, people all, um, I think it's about the people doing a ritual and then at the very end of the song, like, they all die and they all go to hell. A beautiful story. And, um, I love Dangerous Meeting. What do you think, uh, Terrence, of Dangerous Meeting? I have to concur with you, Ralph. A Dangerous Meeting is um, an excellent piece. Of I course you do. Was, uh, <laughs> that was my, that I know was my you. impression of Ian. There you go. Thank you very much, uh, Ralph. Okay, Ian, part two. Anyways, a Dangerous Meeting, I think, is a great song. If it wasn't for Ralph, I wouldn't have been listening to Merciful Fate. Let's just put it that way. And Ralph always gives me musical advice, and I take it, unlike Ian, who doesn't know jack about music. Anyways, Ian, what do you think of A Dangerous Meeting? Uh, I hate to agree with you two lovers, but uh, it's great. great. Great fucking opener. I mean, it's, this album comes right out the fucking gate, and that's how I like it. Uh, amazing guitar work. Uh, you know, I touched upon the last album. I love the production on these two albums. Uh, sounds really, really good, and the guitar work just phenomenal. Uh, um, love Dangerous Meetings. It's probably right under or tied with uh, Curse of the Pharaohs, my favorite uh, Merciful Fate song. All right, all right, you guys. All right, the next one is Nightmare. Uh, Nightmare is another good one. Uh, not my favorite on the album, but uh, it's 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 a good tune. 
I, I don't have much to say about it, but uh, I like it. What do you think, Terrence? Nightmare is an excellent song. I have to agree with you. Um, what else can I say about it? But just a great song. Been listening to it for a few days, and um, I will be buying the CD. But Nightmare is a killer track. My, I'm passing it over to Ralph, who knows a little more about it than I do. But take over. Like uh, Sound of the Demon Bell, I didn't really get Nightmare at first. I was like, hmm. Uh, I'm not too sure about this song. It was a little really weird all over the place. But of course, now I love it. Uh, my favorite part is where he starts going, You are insane! Like over and over again. Then he goes, You're only living on borrowed time from the fake, fake, fake. Oh my God. So insane out of I think the main reason I love this song is because I am insane. And only like a mental patient can get it. And thank God I got two mental patients with me on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nightmare. Awesome, awesome song. Desecration of Souls. This song just kicks so much recon ass. It is not a joke. King Diamond and the band just smoking on this one. What a motherfucking great song it is. Ian, what do you think? Uh, another one of my favorites off the album. This is just a killer killer fucking track and I would lie hopefully I get a chance someday to see Merciful I've never seen Merciful Fate or King Diamond and I, I'd really love to see him play this because uh, I think it would lend itself really great live as, as would a lot of their shit uh, but this this is a great great track and uh, Ralph has some more information on this Ralph tell us a little history of this track well I, I can tell you that when they first did the reunion in the shadows they didn't play the song which was very disappointing because again, it's one of my favorite uh, Merciful Fate songs. But then I saw the Nine tour, and they did play it on that tour, which was made me very happy. Now, uh, Desecration of Souls is definitely a standout track on this album. Uh, one of my favorites as well, man. And it's just, again, killer changes that don't really match the previous change, but it still makes sense. I mean, only Merciful Fate can pull shit like that off. Only them in my opinion. Okay, so then we go into Night of the Unborn, right? And uh, this was another one, like yes. Nightmare and at the Demon, Sound of Demon Bell. It threw me for a loop. I mean, initially I loved the solo, the, the beginning of it. I was like, wow, that's awesome. But then it went into some crazy stuff and I was like, ah. But now I love it. It's the weirdest thing. You know, I come around when it comes to Merciful Fate and uh, Night of the Unborn is a strange one, uh, peculiar song, but uh, it took me a, a bunch of listens to actually, it took me a couple of years actually, because I wasn't really into Nightmare or uh, this song for years, so it finally like dawned on me, you know, what an Ian-like idiot I am, uh, <laughs> and, and then I just, you know, I came to, so what do you think of it, Ian? Uh, 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 uh. Maybe I'd need a fucking couple years or a decade because I thought this shit sucked. Uh, um, of course you did. Yes. Uh, King Diamond kind of killed it for me out here. You know, this is a prime example of sometimes I love his voice and other times it's, it just gets on my nerves. And this song, it just got on my fucking nerves. Maybe, maybe it'll be a grower, but as of right now, this would definitely be something I would skip if I was listening to this album. But, uh, Terrence, why don't you swing off Ralph's nuts and uh, give your opinion? <laughs> okay, I think I will, uh, Ian, you flunwad. Night of the Unborn, 
fucking rules, man. You don't like any real music. You like fucking sappy bullshit. I think Night of the Unborn fucking rocks, kicks ass. Ralph nailed it on the head with his assessment. I'll need to repeat myself like a broken record. I think I will introduce the next song as well whilst at it. And it's not to confuse you with the song that Kiss did on The Elder, but it's called The Oath. And The Oath is a fucking killer tune. I dig it. Kick ass. King Diamond on his A-game. Merciful Fate kicking some more ass. And I wonder what Lord Ralph has to say about The Oath. Oh, man. This would be the masterpiece off the album, actually. The Oath uh, starts off uh, very eerie with the... I get this, like, vibe of, you know... Kind of like the the album cover of Abigail, like you know, a chariot with a horse with with a Satan driving those horses. I mean, it is just so eerie. And then it has that little prayer in the beginning, uh, very low in the mix, but it's still very eerie with the eerie keyboards. And then when the band comes in, like all blazing, killer metal. And then what's the first thing King Diamond says? I deny Jesus Christ, the Deceiver. I mean, that is so blasphemous. And it's so, you know, again, forbidden fruit. Not that I agree or disagree. I don't know. I don't know what happens. out. I know people have answers. I've read the Bible twice. I think the Bible is full of great stories, but I can't really tell you if I believe it or not. But I can also tell you that, you know, I don't know. So I can't tell you if Jesus Christ uh, was really the Son of God. Or if he wasn't, I don't know. I can't make up my mind on that. So I'm not one of these people that hate on religious people because they don't believe my belief. I don't have a belief. Uh, Ian, what do you think of this great song, uh, The Oath? Uh, I don't know about the song, but I'll tell you this. I do know Jesus Christ personally. A lot of people don't know that. I know him, and he's a degenerate gambler. Oh, uh, man. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't yeah, really, yeah. I missed that part in the Bible. Yeah, it's not widely publicized, but uh, yeah, yeah, he's got he's got some fucking issues. Um, was it was it like the the mafia that that, that uh, put him on the cross because he owed uh, gambling debts? Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. They don't talk about that. Uh, but, you know, and the fucked up thing he's always trying to pull off miracles to change his hand, but it never worked. I mean, he can't play poker to save his ass. But uh, back on topic and back to this song. Um, Man, I, I don't know what I want to hear less. This or fucking Kisses the Oath. This, <laughs> this one really didn't do that much for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I'm not, you know, you've been listening to this shit for years, you know, whereas, like, you know, I'm not as schooled and merciful fate as you. But to me, this sounded like a, a bad attempt at uh, Satan's Fall Part 2. And I don't think it's as good as, you know, it. it well, I mean, it, it's trying to be the album epic, you know, song. And. I just think it, it, you know, pales in comparison to Satan's Fall. I think is a much better epic than this. Uh, you know, not horrible, but I don't think they hit the bullseye with this. That's me, though. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure Terrence is mad that I disagreed with you. Hey, I'm not angry. I okay. think. Hey, by the way, I do know Jesus Christ, and he's, and, you know, and the thing is, he's he's irreligious. He thinks all religions are BS, and this is coming from a Catholic. He says we should all love one another despite our b- beliefs or non-beliefs. That's what it really means. Uh, he's self-righteous. He thinks he's God. Yeah, well, you know what? I would love to follow Jesus Christ's saying, uh, you've got to love everybody. But how can I feel that way when Ian's on the world? Ah. Well, you have to love and hate Ian simultaneously, which is 
So Terrence, I'm gonna burn in hell for for hating Ian. No. Okay. God's gonna welcome him into his kingdom anyways. Oh yeah, well, cause it's Ian, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to disagree, cause if you if you disagreed, you'd be in Russia and they'd be shooting your ass. Ah, yeah. Jesus don't like Russia. Exactly. Uh, right. Or the French. Okay, I'm gonna go into the next one, Gypsy, which I said earlier has that Egyptian vibe to it, even though I don't think this song has anything to do with Egypt. I think it has to do with a gypsy. And uh, I remember playing this like, and uh, one night when we were all partying, and, you know, when I was car parties, parking lot, we're all hanging out, listening to metal, and I put on uh, this album. And then when Gypsy came on, and it came into the part where. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, my brain. Ooh, 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 ooh. That part, I remember these chicks were there cracking up going, what the fuck is that? That is the <laughs> stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. And I looked at them and I go, man, I want to fuck these stupid girls. All right, Terrence, what do you think of Gypsy? Gypsy, not to confuse me with the songs from Dio and Fleetwood Mac, respectively, all of which were great, great, good songs, but nothing compared to... Merciful Fates Gypsy, which kicks more recon ass than a Marine fighting for uh, in the Vietnam War or any war. It fucking rocks. That's all I gotta say about that. What do you think, Ian? Um, I think if I was Dr. Fuck, I would've popped the fucking tape out, put in some Bon Jovi and got fucking laid. But uh, that's uh, just me. No, no, I, I'm not that desperate for pussy. <laughs> uh, I, I love this song. Uh, great riff. Great fucking riff on this song. Uh, another another one I would love to hear live, uh, right? Probably in my top three favorites on this album. Really love Gypsy. Uh, let's see, next one. Welcome, uh, Princes of Hell. Yeah, yeah, eh, eh. I I don't. It's so boring. I got nothing to say. Uh, it just kind of filler to me. Uh, Ralph, tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, you're wrong because it's a great song. I mean, I, I mean, it's just that that simple. Uh, again, I I did like this on initial hearing, but I liked it more the more I listened to it. But I never, I, it didn't like you know confuse me like Nightmare and Night of the Unborn and the Sound of Demon Bell. I well the first time I heard it, I was like, yeah, it's a decent song. But now it's like, man, it's a killer song. Welcome Princess to Hell is a. Uh, is an amazing song that unfortunately I've never seen them play this live, and I don't know if they have played it live. But uh, great, great song. What do you think, Terrence? Welcome, Princes of Hell. I have to concur with you, Ralph. Excellent song. That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> make me sick. Shut up, Ian. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, next one is. Hold on. To one far away. Yes. Uh, this one kind of reminded me of Judas Priest. I don't, I don't know why, but I wrote that down in my notes. Very priest-like. Um, good rocker. You know, uh, everything clicks on this track. Uh, I like Ken Diamond's vocals, and I love the music. Um, not my favorite, but but it's a damn good track. What do you think, Ralph? I think that, that, that you didn't listen to the song. <laughs> I think I did. No, it's not a rocker. It's a little tiny instrumental before... Uh, come oh, to okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've been drinking. That's right. Yeah, but it sounded like Priest, I think. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. This guy doesn't like Welcome Princess Pavel. So you know where his mind's at. Uh, yeah. This is a beautiful little instrumental ballad. 
the precursor to the closing track of the Sabbath. Uh, yeah, King Diamond does uh, do little pretty uh, melody type of uh, oh, singing on it. Um, it's just a, a nice little ballad, you know, it's, uh, it's great. I love it. What do you think, Terrence? Intro to One Far Away to me is an intro to sort of set the pace for the song that closes this excellent album, Come to the Sabbath, which is one of Merciful Fate's masterpieces. And I do say that literally masterpieces. It's one of their most famous songs and it just kicks so much ass. It just kicks ass. I don't have anything else to say about the closing Come to the Sabbath, but it fucking rocks. What do you think of Come to the Sabbath, Ian, you bastard? Uh, I love it. My second favorite track on the album. Uh, great fucking rocker, and uh, you, you can see why it's such a popular song. It's just, uh, once again, has all the elements that make Merciful Fate great, and a uh, great way to end the album. How about you, Ralph? Uh, yeah, again, uh, part two of Melissa. Uh, Melissa is, uh, and I think uh, the title to One Far Away is about Melissa. Uh, it's, uh, that's what I think it is. But this song is pretty much about uh, revenge, revenge of uh, of the priest, and uh, and I and my favorite part of the song is the very end, where he goes, "Oh my sweet Satan, you are the one, you are the one," and I just always, me and my buddies would always laugh at my sweet Satan. It was like so contradicting, but uh, that ends the discography. But we did leave off one track, which was the bonus track from the Melissa reissue, and it was the B side of the most excellent song, Black Funeral, uh, is a song oh. called Black Masses. You guys know that one, right? Yeah. Yes. I love, love, love this one. This one is uh, very straight ahead, very Black Funeral-like, so I, I can see Ian not like this one. But it's a straight ahead uh, killer track uh, that I didn't hear for the longest time till they released In the Beginning. That's the first time I got to hear this song. Uh, Excellent track. What do you think there, Terrence? I have to agree with you. Black Mass is fucking rules. It's the first song, I believe, on um, In the Beginning. As if I remembered that I had the CD until I lost it clean in my bedroom like a fool. But yeah, Black Mass is fucking rules. What do you think, Ian? I love Black Masses, but I must have a weird fucking copy because Black Masses was on my copy of Melissa. Yeah, no, no, really? you got, you oh, got, oh, you got the okay. reissue that had the bonus track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love that song. Yeah, I, was, I, I was, was confused. I thought that was actually, I didn't know it was a bonus. I thought that was the last track because I thought it was a great way to end the album. I fucking loved uh, Black Masses. Yeah, it was a, a B-side that was only released on vinyl till they released it on the In the Beginning, which wasn't the first track, uh, Terrence. I believe it was the last track. on the, cause oh, the, I... uh, the In the Beginning featured the EP plus like uh, uh bbc stuff yeah bbc recordings of you know come to uh what is it uh evil satan's fall satan's fall which is different by the way satan's fall is a different version than we find on melissa which is great uh and yeah that's something we didn't discuss is in the beginning is a great great uh another great release of 80s merciful fate stuff where we touched upon some of it but all the unreleased different version songs of of Curse of the Pharaoh, Satan's Fall, Evil is all, all awesome. Highly recommend uh, you hunt that one down as well. And um, uh, closing, I'd just like to say that Merciful Fate, again, I can't stress enough how much uh, they mean to me. They are, like, to me, the greatest heavy metal band 
to come out of the 80s uh actually first wave of black metal where if you listen to black metal now it sounds nothing like merciful fate or venom but it is to me the greatest band to <clears throat> to come out of the 80s to me sabbath 70s um merciful fate 80s and 90s uh, pearl jam and uh so I, you like pearl jam no i was kidding um, so, uh, no, actually, the greatest band to come out of the 90s, everybody knows, is Crazy Town. Uh, you're so, kidding. So, uh, or, no, no, um, uh, She's Hump, She's Lump, She's Lump, She's Out of My or, Head. What was the name President of, that of the United States. President, President of the United, of the United States. States. They were the best band to come out of the 90s. Them and uh, the, low, the lowered version of Metallica. So, uh, I just want to say uh, that they are the greatest band of the 80s, in my opinion. Nobody can <clears> touch <throat> them. I love King Diamond solo stuff. Just not as much as the early Merciful Fate. And I can say the same thing about later Merciful Fate. I love everything King Diamond's ever released. I have no problem with any of the albums. Some I like more than others, but I think he's a freaking genius. And either you get him or you don't. King Diamond's the type of person that you just hate him or you worship him. I don't think there's no middle ground. I hear a lot of people say, well, I like the music, but the vocals, yeah. That's my, that's my point. Either you get the vocals because if you don't get the vocals, you ain't gonna like it. If you do get the vocals, you fucking worship the guy. Kim Peterson rules. And that's what I have to say about my favorite band from the 80s, Merciful Fate. You guys? Okay, Merciful Fate, as far as I'm concerned, <clears throat> thanks to Ralph, is one of my favorite bands now. I mean, for years I didn't know what opinion to be get because a lot of people were telling me not to listen to them because of the lyrical content i could give a shit about the lyrical content because the musicianship and the singing is what makes this group unique and like i said me being a catholic but a fan of king diamond i know the biggest oxymoron in the world but i don't give a fuck if he's singing about satan i don't give a fuck if he was singing about um wanting to kill uh the world leaders he's a fucking genius Long live King Diamond. I say God bless Merciful Fate and God bless King Diamond. If no one likes to kiss my ass, what do you think about Merciful Fate? Ian, you bastard. Um, I love them. They're a band that's growing more and more. Uh, you know, I got a feeling kind of like, <clears throat> like Ralph over time, I'm going to, you know, be even more into them. Um, uh, but you know, it's, th this is definitely, uh, Ralph's baby here, trust me, he loves King Diamond the way that fucking Terrence loves Ralph. Um, you know, can do no wrong. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're Ralph's favorite band of the 80s. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, coming in at number three was Autograph, number two was Damn Yankees, and at number one, Merciful Fate. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I did some, uh, some studying up for this because, you know, I'm not as familiar with it as Ralph is, and I knew uh, Terrence wasn't either. So I looked up some facts, you know, so me and uh, Terrence would have something to say. Because Ter Terrence is banned from Wikipedia. Uh, he's also banned from Wikilinks and uh, Christian Mingle. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> true story. Uh, yeah, true story. He Because uh, he, he sent death threats uh, if they didn't delete uh, calling all stations from the Genesis discography. But uh, some interesting facts I found out. Uh, they were supposed to open for Ozzy at a show in Copenhagen. On no the way. Uh, yes, on the uh, Bark at the Moon tour, but then it turned out that Bob Daisley wrote all the lyrics for Merciful Fate, so uh, so they stopped that. Uh, and, and Ozzy called in sick, so that show never happened. They were supposed to do a tour uh, a tour of England with Man of War, and turns out that there was a there was a fight between them. 
and they said that Man of War's sound guys sabotaged their sound. Uh, they only ended up doing uh, like one, one show, I believe, with, with Man of War as an opening band. And but but I think it's probably deeper than fucking with their sound. I think they might have like you know put icy hot Man of War's loincloths. You know you know. Um, another thing you know, there's weird rumors. Uh, you know about like everybody heard uh, Marilyn Manson. They say that you know that was the kid from fucking Wonder Years and shit. And for a long time there was a rumor that uh, King Diamond was actually Mr. Belvedere, but that oh, really? yeah it turned out that that could not be proven. Um, see some more facts. Uh, their producer, who I think did a great job, actually asked them to do a cover of the Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> no, this, this, this is true. Um, because he wanted like a commercial song that they could make a single and I believe the band uh, they performed it but they never recorded it they just said it wasn't right for them King Diamond didn't like it lyrically uh, <laughs> so, it, so it was never done but that was a suggestion um, let's see what else do I have here oh King, Di- uh, King Diamond of course actually isn't his real name his real name is Morty Finkelstein uh, <laughs> no Kim Peterson yeah no, yeah, yeah no no I you went to the wrong side. It's Morty Finkelstein. He was born to Isaac and Judith Finkelstein in uh, Israel in 1956. Wow. Uh, wow he's old. Yeah, yeah. He is. Yeah, I think he's like 58 or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, after uh, after recording the Don't Break the Oath, they broke up initially uh, because uh, I believe it was Michael De- or not Michael. No, Denver, it was uh, Hank Sherman. Hank Sherman wanted to go in more of a commercial um, direction. Yeah, and King Diamond was really bad mouthing on the time because Hank Sherman would go on stage with like a pink tag top and stuff right. like that, and it would piss uh, King Diamond off his stage wear, and he was going more into a glamier thing. So I don't know. Have you guys heard Fate, the band Fate? Yeah, I was just getting to that. Okay, I have go ahead. Heard... Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, well, Hank Sherman went on to form a band simply called Fate. Uh, they recorded two albums. I haven't heard them, so I can't tell you one. I own I own one on vinyl. Is it worth a shit? Oh, it's horrible. It's horrendous. Real, real is it? I, I, mean, I hate it. I hate it's it. It's like cock rock type. It's or? it's kind of kind of like cold Kind of it's kind of like no. It's kind of like very Britney Fox. It's very commercial with with cheesy keyboards. That's the best way I can describe it. You know what? I still own it on vinyl. I should put it on again because I have not listened to that album in over twenty years because I put it on once and I just was so pissed off about it. Who knows? It might be good now. It might be like uh, uh, Nightmare and uh, Night of the uh, the Unborn, you know? But I remember listening back then going, this is garbage, man. And let's see. Another interesting fact. Um, e- even though I wasn't that much of a fan at the time, I-, I was friends with King Diamond. And he called me up, you know, said, hey, the band's breaking up. You know, what should I do? And I said, well, hey, you know, just start a new band. Simply call it King Diamond. And put out like an EP. I said you could do like what uh, you know David Lee Roth did with Crazy from the Heat. I said you could do like a Beach Boys song or something. You know, maybe do Kokomo. Um, maybe you could do Put Down the Ritz by Taco. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, just something a little different. Keep your name out there. Uh, you know, I said, or I, I wrote this fucking shitty song called No Presents for Christmas. So you could record that. And uh, that's what he did. And he went on to have a successful solo career. And then reformed with uh, Merciful Fate under different lineups. Uh, I have the albums. I'm not familiar with all of them. I do love Nine. The last one they did, I know a lot of fans don't like it, but uh, I think it's a great album. 
you know, but then again, it could be something like somewhere in time where I'm not so huge into them that I'm prejudiced to any one era. I just like what I like, and I think Nine was a great album. Um, I forgot to interject that uh, King Diamond's real name is Kim Peterson. Thank you very much, Ian. No, no, and... no, no. It's Morty Finkelstein. I got it. Right here. Morty, it's Morty Finkelstein. He changed it to Kim Peterson, and then he changed it to King Diamond. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of anti-Semitic, uh, you know, behavior going around in uh, Sweden or Finland or wherever the fuck they're from. So, so he changed. Denmark. Yeah, that too. So he changed it from Morty Finkelstein to Kim Peterson, and Actually, then to King... Kim Kim Bendix Peterson. All right, uh, everybody, go out and buy the uh, Rouse EP on vinyl. There's yeah. Left. Go back. Go out and buy that. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have any last words? I would like to say, uh, you know, thank you to all the fans who've been making this a big success. Uh, by the time you hear this, uh, you know, we, we've done a lot of episodes that are just waiting to come out, but already out the gate, we are doing phenomenal, and it's thanks to you guys. Hopefully by the time you do this, uh, you go on uh, go on our website, uh, go on the Podbean site. I have a link to our Facebook page. I have a link to our YouTube page. We put out the episodes a week after. You can hear the podcast. We do like uh, a different version on YouTube where you get pictures and everything. And, and it's just another cool way to enjoy this. Hopefully uh, all the episodes are on iTunes by the time you hear this. And a big thank you to everybody listening. Hope you enjoy it. Um, I've got to say, I forgot to interject um, earlier, Merciful Fate's in my top three favorite bands of the 80s. Number three would be Fastway. Number two would be Merciful Fate. Number one's Iron Maiden, but that's me. I just want to thank also everyone for listening. Um, and you can also watch the 2.0 versions of uh, the video versions of these podcasts, which I actually add some more tidbits about the things that I failed to mention on this, these podcasts due to time constraints. And... Um, just want to thank you all for subscribing and um, by the time this video airs we're going to have I hope 10,000 subscribers That's a, or 10,000 listens whatever comes first thank you all for listening God bless you all and I'll hand it over to the master himself Ralph take it away alright guys so uh, yeah what else can I say I, I said it all so I'm going to leave you now with one track off side one from the Merciful Fate Tribute EP and if you guys want to get yourself a copy because only 250 were made, and I already sold 100 of them, so there's like 150 left. So once they're gone, we're never going to repress them again. Uh, this is off side one, and this is actually two two singers on this one. Uh, somebody called Holy George and a very good friend of mine called Paolo, which I feel is the greatest singer in America. And he's just a personal friend of mine. And this guy, you got to listen, this guy can sing anything. And this is Holy George doing the death metal growls and Paolo doing the King Diamond highs. It rules. I'll see you guys next time. This, I'm going to sign off, and this is Devil's Eye.
down to hell In your separate